Most of us know that our motive is to make money, but we never straight up stand in that truth and market like it. We try to do this, a bunch of indirect things that's too ambiguous, too wordy, we overthink it, and we don't realize that in our minds, our own block from getting the sale is the fact that we didn't actually sell. So you know you wanted to sell, you know you wanted the money, but you beat around the bush. It's like the person who'll call you, hey, what you doing? Nothing, chilling, what's going on? Yeah, just checking in on you. know you called them to ask them for a ride tomorrow. Just ask for the ride, bro. Don't try to pretend like you, how your mama do? How your daddy doing? Bro, what do you want? What do you want? Go home, Roger. <laughs> Stephen Q. Urkel. My man was willing to change his genetic makeup and become Stefan Urkel. <laughs> or his lady, Laura. It is okay to create content that specifically tells people, this is what I created, this is why I created it, this is why I'm charging this much. Price must be anchored in perceived value. Meaning, you can't raise the price without increasing the perceived value. What if Stephen Q. Urkel took no for an answer? He wouldn't have it. Laney Laura. <laughs> I believe that some of us don't realize the same way that companies get us to buy, we can get someone else to buy. Your offer is the promise that you make to a person in exchange for their money. If you're watching this video, you're about to make a whole lot of money. Welcome back to Monetize with Marcus. I'm your host, Marcus Barroso. You know my goal of every episode is to take the questions that you're asking Google, ChatGPT, and YouTube, and to answer them in video form without having you having to search all over the internet. You can come right here and get your questions answered. And once you've got the answer to your question, I gotta show you how to turn that idea into online income. Well, today, we've got to answer a very specific question. Why you're not getting sales? I mean, it's a hard question that, to face, right? So what do you, let me first ask, what do you do when you're not getting sales? Do you say, hey, I'm taking a day off. Do you scrap the product? Do you go and start scrolling? Do you go and start looking at other people's stuff and you're trying to figure out like, yo, what are they doing that I'm not doing? <laughs> Now, if we're being honest, let me just kick it with you because you know I'm your, I'm your cousin on the internet, right? We cousins. So here's what you got to know. I got to be honest and you got to be honest. You're not hating on people, but you, you got you to gotta admit, sometimes you look at some of the stuff that people are doing to make money and you be like, I know my stuff better than that. Like, have, you, have you done that before where you saw somebody's stuff and you're like, and did they, they sell this for how much? $1,000 for this? Three, you're looking at people, of course, like $5,000 for this? You're not hating, you just got questions. And you're trying to figure out how are they getting the money that you feel like you deserve and should get. Now, nothing's wrong with that. I don't want you to feel like, feel like it's wrong to ask those questions because I believe that's the foundation of you being able to see what are people doing in the market and being able to make adjustments. So I wanna break down three things you're doing of why you're probably not getting sales so you can make those adjustments and start having people tap in their pocket like, baby, baby, where's my credit card? Where's my credit card? <laughs> All right. So number one reason why you're probably not getting sales, we just got to keep it all the way real. Most of us know that our motive is to make money, but we never straight up stand in that truth and market like it. We try to do this, a bunch of indirect things that's too ambiguous, too wordy, we overthink it, and we don't realize that in our minds, our own block from getting the sale is the fact that we didn't actually sell. So you know you wanted to sell, you know you wanted the money, but you're beating around the bush. It's like the person who'll call you, hey, what you doing? Nothing, chilling, what's going on? Yeah, just checking in on you. You know you called them to ask them for a ride tomorrow. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, just, just ask for the ride, bro. Don't try to pretend like, you, how your mama doing? How your daddy doing? Bro, what do you want? What, what do you want? Go home, Roger. <laughs> Sometimes when we show up online, it is okay to straight up have a conversation with people and talk about, I created this specific thing for you to be able to help you do this specific thing, to be able to help you in a faster, easier, more effective way do it. I'm going to price it at a price that allows me the opportunity to give you my undivided attention, help you, and serve you. That's a clear offer. It tells the person what your motive is and why you created the product. It is okay to create content that specifically tells people, this is what I created, this is why I created it, this is why I'm charging this much. Why does Marcus Y. Rosa charge high ticket? Because I want the ability to answer every question my clients ask without saying they ain't pay me enough for that. I know me. If you give me $100 and you keep asking me questions, I'm going to at some point feel like you're taking advantage of me. So I got to make sure that you feel supported, you feel served, but I don't feel taken advantage of. <laughs> see, that's a clear motive. Can you see already that's probably a mistake you're making? You're charging too little with the intention of not giving them everything. So the person feels, you feel like they didn't pay enough, but the person says, I paid you what you asked me. You asked for 100, I gave you 100. It, you can't choose now to give me less because you realize it's costing you more time and more effort. Increase the price, don't lower the service. Because now you ruin the relationship you can have with a, with a customer and you didn't make enough money to give them your undivided attention. Because if you undercharge based on that, guess what ends up happening? Soon as the person pays you, you're off to go try to find a new customer and you don't have enough time to even serve the one that just paid you. You don't have time to sit with it and say, I wanna improve my process. I wanna add more layers. I wanna film videos to add to a portal for people that already paid me. You can't do that unless you're making money. So when your motives are pure, you realize me making money is the best thing that I can do for my previous clients. Why? Because I don't have to be in a rush to find new people. I can serve the ones that I have. I can improve my process. I can make time to train my team so they can better support. We just shifted whole new softwares and everything, which is a tough thing to do. Because you gotta not only research, find the process, find the software, me as the leader have to sit and learn it, then train the team. Now you lose valuable product, productivity time with your, that your team could be working because they gotta be spending time training on the new software. So that means two, three days, they can't respond or do any other things you pay them for. They're just learning a new thing. Well, Marcus, why do it? To better support the people you currently have. You get it now. So number one reason why People, you're probably not getting sales because you're not asking for it. You're not asking for the sale because you think asking for the sale will lose the sale. And I'm telling you, not asking for the sale is losing the sale. You know, you know um, who's going to, like, fellas, come here. You know what girl will go out on a date with you? The one you asked. <laughs> you know which one won't go out on a date with you? The one you don't ask. Why? She's going to feel like he must not be that serious. Why? He never asked me. Well, you should know how I feel about you. I text you every day. Yeah, but you don't be talking about nothing. Well, how does that relate to social media? You post every day, but you don't ask them people to go on a date with you. What's a date? Webinars. What's a date? A virtual experience where you get to spend time with them longer than the 30 seconds of scrolling in the dating pool of other people's content. When do they spend exclusive time with you and your content? Invite them on a date. When's the last time you went to the internet and invited them on a date and said, I am thinking about, I am thinking about planning out my content. I would love to know who would want to be a part of a virtual Zoom where we plan our content together. 
In between that, I'll actually be teaching you how I choose what content. So not only will we plan together, I'll be teaching it to you. At the end of it, a few of you will get an opportunity to be a part of my new program that I'm actually rolling out. One to help you plan your content, launch your content, blah, blah, blah. See what I just did? I'm telling you what my motive is, to invite you into a date with me to learn the thing that I plan on selling. And I'm telling you in advance that for some of you that are there, I'm going to sell it to you. Guess what happens? Everybody that shows up, they're not surprised when you ask them, what's up? So what are we doing? You want to come back to my place? <laughs> they ain't shocked. If you say, hey, come, come on, fellas. Hey, you know what I'm saying? You want to hang out and go grab some evening afterwards. We go chill in the jacuzzi at my place. She ain't shocked when you ask her to come get in the jacuzzi. But if you invite her on the first date and then say, jacuzzi, scram, you creep. <laughs> Be, okay, you're like, that's a little crass. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but you get my point. I got to give dating examples because y'all be tripping. Y'all know y'all my cousin. So number one reason why you're not getting the sale because you're not asking for the sale. Number two reason, should we go to the board and write this out? Yeah, let's write this out. So number one reason, let's do number one right here. Number one reason, you're not asking for the sale. You're not asking for the sale. All right. Oh, there we go for the sale. I'm talking about in content, in DMs. Where can I find you online telling me how I can buy from you? No, no, no. Pull out your phone right now. Pause me. Pause me right now. And I want you to go to your social media and I want you to look through your last nine posts. Which one of them tell me how I can work with you? Not ambiguous. Which one says, here is why my clients hire me? Here is one of the things I do for my clients. I am now accepting two people today. Do this to get access to this. When's the last time you did that? All right. Let me move on. Let me move on. You're welcome, cousin. Number two reason. We got to draw this one out. Number two reason why you're not getting a sale is because we got to draw this so you can see it visually, and then I'll tell you the wording of it. Wrong offer for your audience. Wrong offer for your audience. So let me stand here and explain what I mean. Every person, now let's just say everybody that is on this spectrum are people that are aligned with the thing you sell. That's why it's in one straight line. These are the people that are aligned with the thing that you're selling. Makes sense. So this is you at certain parts of your journey. Let's just say this is you, right? So this is like, yo, I'm aligned spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially. What is that alignment? However, every person that is on this line has different questions and different money they're willing to spend to have that question answered. Some people refer to this as a pain point. However, every customer is not paying to remove a pain point. Some customers are paying to support the solution, the pain point they already paid to remove, meaning they pay somebody else already to remove the pain point. What do you have to offer for a person that's removed their pain point and they're experiencing success and just need a new strategy or a system to support it? Sometimes you're offering the wrong offer. You're offering a pain point offer instead of an offer that helps someone to create a process to support their success. <laughs> Everybody. 
How to make your first $3,000. Everybody ain't trying to make $3,000. Some people already made it. How to make your first five figures. Everybody is not trying to make their first five figures. Some people already made it. Who's the easiest person to get to pay you? People who already got the money. All of you. So when I say this is why you're not getting sales, sometimes you're probably offering the wrong offer for your audience. If I'm here, I got, I got level one questions. If I'm here, I got level two questions. If I'm here, I got level three questions. Typically, the further you get in the alignment of your business, you aren't dealing with people that just want more information. You're dealing with people that want to know, how do I take what I already know? Don't teach me nothing. Tell me how to take what I know and create a strategy to get a result from it. So you're now talking strategy related. You don't even, people at this level, when you say, hey, you're going to get 27 modules, you lost them. Why? They don't want 27 modules. They don't even want to watch no video. What do they want? They want to hire your team to do the thing that you can do for them. See, you see what I'm saying? This is one of the major reasons why people are losing sales right here. Because I keep finding entrepreneurs that only, let me say it this way. I keep finding entrepreneurs that are only trying to work with people that are struggling, that are, un, that are uncertain. There's a concept, and I don't want to get us off track, that, I, that I'm going to teach my inner circle that I call close, closest to the whole clients. Meaning, you ever played um, that old game? What's the little game? Is it ski ball? Is that what it is? The little ball and you roll it, right? What's the easiest? What's the easiest one to get? The ones in the middle. What's the hardest one to get? The one to the left and to the right, right? So you play ski ball. You ever notice you try to get the one to the left and you end up getting zero? But when you keep doing the first one, it's easiest to get, but you hit it more consistent. You know what I'm saying? So you got 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, and then them two top ones is worth 100. You're behind me trying to get that one 100, but what? You miss it, right? You don't get it very often. Imagine if those holes are clients that, that are sales. They're harder to get. Who do you want to market to? Closest to the whole clients. Well, who's closest to the whole? The person that already is aware they have a problem and ready to pay for it. Who's hardest to get? The person you got to convince they have a problem, the person you got to convince that they should pay, the person you got to convince that, that you're the best person to work with. <laughs> it takes a lot more balls or a lot more tries or a lot more content or a lot more process to make you aware of the fact you got a problem, teach you the information on how it could work for you, convince you on I'm the person that can help you, then convince you on the price point. It takes you four or five tries. But who's the person that you need? People who are already indoctrinated with your message, closest to the whole, already showed interest. So this is number two reason, the wrong offer to your audience. I want, I want to challenge you to say, when's the last time you tried to sell to someone that was not in the beginning of their journey, but someone who already had money, was already ready to buy, what message do you have for them? And number three, third reason why you're not getting to sell, number three, was that good? Was that as good for you as it was for me? <laughs> number three. Number three reason why you're not getting a sale. When we go, no follow-up. No follow-up. No follow-up. Now, I'm going to just do this really quick. Family, you will not hear yes every time you ask someone to buy something. You're going to get some occasional no's, some occasional yes. You're going to get a larger percentage of people to say no than says yes. This is, just, this is just the reality. Why do I say this? 
What percentage of what what do you think is the, is a high percentage for a sales close rate? Anywhere between like 18 to 23% is actually considered high. If you do a live event or a virtual event, a 20 something 30% close rate is very high. If you send out an email, a 10 to 20% close rate is very high. That means majority of the time 80% of people say no. <laughs> If you don't have a follow-up sequence, you have lost the sale, why? Because your goal is not to just focus on those who said yes, your goal is to have a follow-up for the 80% that said no. Because you can turn 20% into 40% if you're willing to follow up. You can turn 40% to 60% if you're willing to follow up. I'm willing to do an event where only 10% say yes and say for the next 90 days, I'm working on converting 90%. How much money are you leaving on the table? Because people said no and you had no strategy to follow up and to nurture them. Come on, fellas. I want everybody just listening to me. Let me, let me lean forward. I want you to follow after my, my, my boy, Stephen Urkel. <laughs> Stephen Q. Urkel. My man was willing to change his genetic makeup and become Stefan Urkel. <laughs> For his lady, Laura. My man was averaging a percentage of all no's. Go home, Steve. <laughs> now, I use the example because you were born in the 90s, you know it, but the show ended with Steve getting his girl. I'm telling you, what if you dump your email list? Watch this strategy. Here's what I want you to do. Here's the takeaway. I want you to go to your email list, and I want you to look at, pull all the people that are on your email list that have not bought from you, that aren't a client, aren't a customer. What's the difference? Client is someone who works with you, a customer is someone that bought a digital product, et cetera. Take all the people that's, that, were, that were customers that bought a digital product, and your goal is to turn them into a client to get them to, take, to buy your service. Take all the people that are not a client that, sit, that didn't buy nothing, and your goal is to create a follow-up strategy to get them to either come to a date with you, virtual event or something of that nature, or to buy from you, sales call, et cetera. How much money do you think you can make by just reaching out to people that have not said yes yet? So I'm going to ask you again, how much do you think that you can make if you just reached out to the people who haven't said yes yet? Hear the word. Hear the word. I said yet. I said yet. Come on. You know, fellas, let me holler at y'all. Let me holler at y'all. I just talked to y'all about Stephen Q. Urkel. What if Stephen Q. Urkel took no for an answer? He wouldn't have it. Laney Laura. <laughs> Oh, I'm trying to tell you what, come on, come on. What if Screech, y'all don't remember Saved by the Bell? Okay, I'm an 80s baby. What if Screech gave up on Lisa? And I could go on and on. Okay, forget television sitcoms. I'm just simply saying, what if your mama, your daddy, okay, too far, too far, little too far, okay. But I will say this. I believe that some of us don't realize the same way that companies get us to buy, we can get someone else to buy. Please don't miss this. I'm not saying hound someone, overly sell, be salesy, convince them to do something they don't want to do. I'm simply saying be intentional about helping someone make a decision to do what they want to do. I'm going to say it again. I'm not saying convince somebody, hey, want to buy my stuff, want to buy my stuff. Don't be that person in the mall that's hounding people like, my man, let me clean your shoes, let me clean your shoes. No offense if you're the person saying, my man, let me clean your shoes. It just, it bothers me sometimes. <laughs> but I'm simply saying if a person already knows they want to do something, they want to buy a plane ticket. They went online to look for a plane ticket. They looked, it was on sale, and they said, uh, I'll wait. Following up to, get, to help them make the decision is not selling them something. It's helping them make a decision they already want to make. Person's looking for black shoes for an all-black event. 
They looked at the shoes, they tried them on, they loved them. They're like, ah, I'm going to look around and see if I can find cheaper. Following up with them to show them how you'll give them a discount is a win because you're helping them make a decision they already wanted to make. So my question to you is, if a person opted into your list, meaning they went, gave you their email, their phone number, them coming to the page said that they were interested. Why did they say no? What do they need to hear? When people come and they opt into my page, and let's just say they opted in, but then when it was time to check out, they didn't check out. I'm going to assume you was not just on your phone scrolling and Googling my page. That means you saw a piece of content on social media. From that content, you typed a keyword. From that keyword, you went to the page. That means there's only one of two reasons you would have said no. The price or confused about the process or you got distracted. Okay, that was three, but you get my point. So that means you went to the page, you're like, mm, I don't know if I want to pay that. That's one reason. Two, uh, how does this work again? You had questions about the process. Or three, you got distracted. It's my job to follow up with you to figure out which one of those three. That's not overly selling. That's saying you came because you were interested. You, you did not land on my page by accident. So our job as business owners, our job is to make sure that we are not just, when we ask ourselves the question, why is nobody, why am I not getting sales? Well, how are you not going to outmarket McDonald's when everybody knows McDonald's? How are you going to not market Apple when everybody knows Apple? How are you going to not market the Super Bowl happens in February, but they do commercials every year? How are you going to not market billion-dollar companies that has market saturation? Yo, we know inside the NBA, we know TNT, NBC, ABC. How do we know all these things? How do we know Amazon? Because they market. So how do you think that they're going to see you one time and you're going to say, well, I ain't going to run behind nobody. Listen, this ain't boyfriend, girlfriend, this business. Drop the emotion that you have to what you think is running behind someone. Be intentional. Stand, stand in the seat and make sure that you are actually doing everything that you can in your power to help people. Let's, let me give you this real quick, cousin. You know I'm your online cousin on your YouTube and your Instagram side. If we related on Facebook, I need Ancestry.com. I don't know. That's, that's third cousin removed. Okay, so check, check me out. Here's, here's my question to you, cousin. We've got to be honest. Some of that stuff is just emotion. That's emotional baggage that convinces us that doing certain functions in business, we ascribe to us as an individual person. If you're selling products, programs, services that help people, to take your personality type and say, well, you know me, I'm more laid back. That's cool, you that as a person. Your personality type as a person got nothing to do with your intentionality around business. You got to make the separation. <laughs> We're going to have to make this separation. Well, you know, I'm real chill. That's cool. Be that. I'm not saying you got to change. But if you want your business revenue to change, something in your business has to change. I don't know if you, I don't know if you're getting what I'm telling you. So I'm going to give you two more things. And you are like, holler at me in the comments. Tell me this helpful. That was me just having a hard conversation with you. That was, that, was me, that was me having a hard conversation with you, like when Jody Mama said, Mom, when, it, when Jody Friend said, Mama got to have a life too, Jody. <laughs> Mama got to have a life too. Well, I'm trying to tell you, you got to get sales too. You got to get sales too. You can do better than this. I believe in you. I believe in you. <laughs> All right. So let me give you a quick recap, and then I want to add two more reasons why you're possibly not getting the sale. Shout out to my family, right? Shout out to my family. I hope y'all are getting, some, getting great value out of this. And this is me every time. My goal, I'm going to say it again, is to take the questions that you're asking ChatGPT, that you're asking Google and YouTube, and answer them for you in video form. You might have asked, 
why am I not getting the sale or how to get more sales? Well, I'm going to answer it for you and then show you how to take the answer to that question and turn it into income. Okay, let's go back to the board. Reason number one, we, we, we wrote this out, not asking for the sale. Like you like, hey, why didn't she go on a date with me? Because you never asked. You beat around the bush. Hey, what you doing Friday? You asked her what she doing Friday, but you didn't ask her out on a date. So you think alluding to the thing you want is the same as asking for the thing you want. Quit playing games. Quit playing games. Number two, wrong offer for your audience. And we broke down the whole system of, you remember when I showed you that they are on a, all right, I got to rewrite it in case y'all forgot. We did this little example right here where they said they're in alignment with you and they have questions and each question they're willing to pay for. So we said wrong offer for your audience. And the third thing we said is you don't have any follow-up. Now I'm gonna give you two more, two more, okay? Two more reasons why they're possibly not buying for you and I want you to write, pause me right now. Don't you play with me. You write these three down. Don't, cousin, come here, come here. <laughs> write these three things down. Number four, wrong O-P-P. -P. And I'm not talking about naughty by nature. Wrong, oh, okay. I keep forgetting that some of y'all watching me are B2K babies. You're not 80s babies. You didn't grow up on New Jack City. You didn't come up. You didn't come up in the 80s, baby. I'm talking where well, you don't. You don't even remember TGIF. You think it's a restaurant. You don't know it used to be. It used to be. Y'all come on. You don't even know what TGIF was. Okay. Thank God it's Friday with Family Matters and all that stuff. You don't remember Monday nights when Blossom and Fresh Prince came. See, you miss. You don't know what a lemon color is. You like what's that? I ain't got nothing for you, B2K, baby. You don't know nothing at all but Moesha. Okay, so <laughs> wrong OPP. What does that mean? Now, number two, we mentioned wrong offer for your audience. But watch this. Wrong OPP is wrong offer, price, and positioning. This is something nobody, uh-oh, uh-oh. I know my... My YouTube people get mad when I misspell words. So let me go back because you're going to be like, I can't take your advice. You spelt the word wrong. Well, I'm teaching you how to make money, not spell. It ain't a spelling bee. <laughs> wrong positioning. Okay. This family is so important and I don't hear anybody online talking about it. I'm going to clearly define for you real quick. What is an offer? We got questions around that. When we mention price, how do we come up with our price and what is positioning? This if I do nothing but answer this for you, this is going to answer the question for how to get better with sales. Like, why is nobody, why am I not making sales? If we, if we haven't thought through this, this is the reason, okay? When I talk about an offer, let me clearly define this for you. An offer has nothing to do with just the product or course. When I say, what's your offer? Oh, I got an ebook. You normally start telling me what you sell. Hey, I have a course. Don't miss me, family. If I say, what's your offer? And you say, I have a mentorship. I have a program. I have a course. I have a VIP day. That's not technically your offer. Your offer is the promise that you make to a person in exchange for their money. That's not the thing you're selling to them. I'm talking about the promised outcome. So if I say, hey, I charge $200 for a fitness session, the offer is not $200 for a fitness session. The offer is what I provide in the fitness session that gets you a result. So I'm not selling $200 for a fitness session. I'm selling an, a fitness session that gets you results as well as a meal plan, like all the things that encompass the result you came to me for, meaning you said, I want to get in shape. So all the elements of getting in shape is the offer, not the $200 for a session. You get it now. If you say, I'm selling an ebook that teaches you how to save money to buy your dream home. 
right? Some could call that off. Okay, best example I can use is cell phone. So the cell phone isn't the offer. The cell phone is a product. The cell phone becomes an offer when I talk about, I have four different companies I'm running from this one device in my Slack channel. I've got Rain Media. I've got Entrepreneur Staffing Solutions. I got Marcus Roger Consultant. I got Win the Day Marketing Group. From one device, I can run four companies. That's a part of the offer of the phone. I can film content to get me new leads. I can upload to YouTube. I can edit, I can text my family, I can call, I can FaceTime, I can Zoom, I can write notes, I can listen to Audible. All the things I mentioned is the offer. The phone is the product. Most people, the reason you're not getting the sale is because you're selling products, you're not selling an offer. Get me out of here, get me out of here. You're, you're not selling an offer. Because when you sell products, you're now in competition with everybody else selling the same product. There is no separation. If we sell steak, well, there's other people that sell steak. But if I sell an offer, something that is more comprehensive, now I can change the game. That's what I'm trying to get you to realize, family. Wrong OPP, wrong offer. So what is the promise that you make in exchange for people's money? The end result, the int uh-oh, let's go deeper with this. You ready? Hold your breath. Intrinsic value, extrinsic value, internal motivation, external motivation. What is internal motivation? What do they want to feel? External motivation. What do they want other people to see? Or what do they want to be the visible proof of it? Everything that I feel, people can't see. And there are certain things in an offer. I'm trying to tell you when you start, when you, when you start getting certain products, like y'all remember back in the day, people used to tuck their shirt in so you could see their Gucci belt. <laughs> that's, that's external motivation, not internal. It wasn't enough for me to know I have it. You get it now. Okay. So wrong OPP, you got it? An offer is not the product, the course, the ebook, the service. The offer is the promise that you make in exchange for people's money. It's what they get when they buy it. And it's the reason that they buy. Second is the price. Now, we working on this board. All right, let's sit down for a second. Y'all got me. I'm tired, my body weary. <laughs> okay. So... When we talk about price, we said, we talked about the offer. When we talk about price, what are we looking for with price? I'm trying to take this. I like what I feel. I'm, in, I'm enjoying this. Is it as good for you as it is for me? <laughs> Let me stop joking. All right, here's how price works. Y'all excuse me, I'm eating this ice. I told y'all we cousins, okay? All right. So when we start talking about price, the biggest thing, the biggest mistake I saw happen was during the pandemic. I saw uh, the whole versus battle when Jada Kiss went crazy on stage and he was in there, he was in there freestyling. I kick bars. You know how I go when the New York rappers live here. Where the mother be? <laughs> no offense from New York. That was my, I'm from Florida. That was my accent, okay? But Fat Joe came on the next day and said, yesterday's price is not today's price. And all of the internet said, oh yeah, that's right. I'm raising my rates and I'm adding tax. That's not how you raise your prices, family. That's, that's how you charge more. That's not how you, how you raise your price. When I say wrong OPP, I'm talking about, first we talk the offer, the promise you make in exchange for people money. Second, we talk price. Price must be anchored in perceived value. Meaning, you can't raise the price without increasing the perceived value. You can't take 
I'm gonna use an example, example right? Because Hondas and Nissans and all of them have gotten really, 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 really good in terms of how they make their vehicles now. They look amazing. But here's my example. You can't just go on the lot on, to a Honda dealership and they say, you know what? Fat Joe was right. Yesterday's price is not today's price. We're gonna make our vehicle the same amount as Bentley. We know our worth. <laughs> this is what people were doing on the internet. People who were selling $100 products were like, I know my worth. So they thought that they can change price without changing perceived value in the market. Is this not good? Is this not teaching you something? You cannot change price without changing your marketing, your messaging, your perceived value, and the actual value to the customer. So Honda can't go on the dealership and say, hey, hey y'all, our new competition is not going to be Nissan. It's not going to be Honda. We're going to compete with Bentley. How, Honda? How? How are you going to do that? All you did was increase the price. You didn't increase the value. I don't feel like I'm getting a Bentley because I paid Bentley price for a Honda. What would I feel? Like I got cheated. People will feel cheated when you just increase the price without increasing the value. So price is not determined by price because people don't buy price, they buy value. Family. Gucci's not the only person to make belts. Louis's not the pers only person to make belt. But price is predicated by value. We can all get on the same airplane. So we know that it's the same plane. But when you walk past them first few seats and you look down, that person already been sitting down, them first few seats, same plane, but the value is different in first class than comfort than basic economy. But we all on the same plane. We all arriving on the same destination. I'm telling you, in your business, if we use that example and we said it's an airplane, you could have different models and things in your business, but when you are marketing the wrong offer, price, how do we increase value then? How do we increase value? You're probably going to have to add something to it that takes away something someone else, something else they would have to buy in addition to it. So I'll give an example. What if I wanted to increase the price of my course, but I added with it an in-person event where I, t where I walk you through in a two-day how to do the things in the course? Well, I just took the same thing. You get access to the course, but it comes with a two-day to walk you through it. Now the value increased, so the price can. Let's just say you don't want to do in-person, virtual. Hey, we do a virtual conference where I invite other friends and colleagues to, to go deeper with the four elements of the modules in my course. Now the value increased. You cannot just change the price because you feel like you're worth more. That's not how this works. And you're like, why nobody's buying it? Wrong OPP. All right, let me go to the board for a second. So we said, I think we're doing a good job. All right. We already talked this part. Oh, let me change the color of this. Let's go. Let's go red. All right. So we said offer. We already dealt with that. Price, we dealt with that. We answered them questions. Now we got to deal with positioning. All right. So one of the things that I, I don't think most, let me, let me re rewind it back. Some, not most, that's bad wording. I got to be responsible with my words. Some entrepreneurs, not you. We talking about our other cousins, the ones that's on Facebook, not, not my cousins that's on YouTube and Instagram. Okay. But my Facebook cousins, that are entrepreneurs and that are coaches and service providers and experts. Positioning has to do with how you take who you are and place you within the market. So I can show you this really quick. 
If two people are doing the exact same thing, how does a person decide which person they do business with? Apples to apples, oranges to oranges. I'll keep with the flight example. If I told you I'll buy you a plane ticket to wherever you want to go, pick between these two airlines. Do you want Delta or do you want Spirit? Answer in the comment. Which one you want? Which one you want? Come on, answer in the comment. Now, I know one of you going to be that person. By the way, technically, I'll take Spirit. That's fine. You'll be there, the rest of us over here. Okay. <laughs> why, why would you? Now, listen to this. Both of them are airplanes. Both of them allow you the opportunity to go to the airport. But when we start deciding between the same thing, but two different brands that are positioned, we choose Delta. Why? Their positioning is different. How they're positioned in the market of perceived value, experience, customer service, all of those things. Now, how do we change positioning? One of the ways you change positioning is through, mess is through your messaging. So I'll give an example. I don't use the word course at all. Um, me, we as a company went out of business, not in a negative way. We decided to no longer sell courses. So that part of our business, we closed like a liquidation blowout sale. Like if we, if you were selling couches, we no longer sell courses. So our position, the moment we decided, man, he's a, he's a coach, a consultant, but he's not selling courses. This is a different positioning. Why? We are, the, we are the company you come to when you want to create a course, a mentorship, a program, and start getting sales to generate revenue online while working less than eight hours. Totally different positioning than a person that says, I'm going to take you to the next level, help you make money. Other thing, our positioning is different. I never market how much money I make. I market my clients and the result and the process I provide for them. Different positioning. I don't do lifestyle marketing, I do value marketing, meaning my strongest asset is my ability to teach, not what I have and what I do. So you don't see my family, you don't see where I travel, how I live, why? My strongest asset and my positioning is the ability to break down and teach stuff like what I'm teaching you right now. The average entrepreneur can only teach what-based content or what I refer to as to-do list content. All you got to do is, and they give you a list, but they never teach you how. How requires a person to have the skill of teaching, coaching, consulting to walk you through a path, different positioning. What I'm breaking down for you right now, this is, this is a part of my positioning. I took complex things like offer creation, pricing structures, market saturation, see these $2 words, and I reduced it to OPP. That's part of my positioning. That I, get the, that I have a skill that can teach people how to do something, and I also have a business that, that does done-for-you services, so we do it for you, so you get immediate results, and then we teach you on what we built for you. We franchise our business. That's totally different positioning. For your business, is it going to be a language change? Is it going to be a service change? Amazon positioned themselves different than everybody else in the market. Why? Because they started offering faster delivery than anyone else. Then they added with their customer service, anything that you're dissatisfied with, you know that you can, you can immediately file a complaint, then receive it, and you get your money right away. That, that changes their positioning. Right now for your business, what could you add? What could, what could you add? What can you change in terms of message, customer service, marketing, pricing? Even pricing changes your position, whether you're going to be a premium brand or down the line. That changes your position. Cool? All right. And number five, we almost done. Uh-oh, let me go back to my black. Mm -mm. Let me get that. Here we go. Number five. Let's move up. This is going to be the hardest part to teach. Number five. You scared. 
Let me add a, let me add a different word. You're nervous. Let me add another one. You're uncomfortable. Why I add three? Pick which one works for you. You're gonna be like, I'm not scared. Cool. You nervous? I'm not nervous. Okay, you're uncomfortable. Whatever word, whatever word resonates more with you. Now, what do I mean? Scared, nervous, uncomfortable. When you go into, okay, okay, here's the example. Here we go, here we go. Okay, so growing up, who remembers this? Who remembers this? Hey, go in there and ask mama if we can go to the park. <laughs> go in there and ask mama drop us off at the skating rink. No, you ask her. You ask better. That nervousness where you're afraid to ask your mama, can you do something, your daddy, can you do something, shows up. Although you're an adult, the kid still lives in you. So now you're like, go out there and ask them folks where they buy my product. <laughs> You scared, you nervous, you uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable because guess what you say? You identify and say, well, I'm just not salesy. So now you have a negative idea in your head for people who have the confidence to ask for the sale, but you want it. You call them salesy. You know, yeah, I ain't like one of them. So you separated yourself. When you say you're not like one of them, one of who? Businesses who make money? If, as long as you frame in your head a negative connotation surrounding providing something that helps people and allowing them to pay you for it, that's what a sale is. Oh my God, I'm so thirsty. Hey, I have water. How much is it? $2. That's not salesy. That's providing something for people who want it. So you're not like one of who? Them people who provide a service or something for people who want it and need it? <laughs> Are you scared? Are you nervous? Are you uncomfortable? Here, here's my message to you and I'm out. If the first time you hear yes comes from your client, you won't have the confidence you need to stand in your superpower and offer your solution to people. Back that up, Marcus. When is the first time you should hear yes? Internally, that you should have already felt like, I'm going to hear yes within yourself. So when a person say yes, they should echo what you already believe and what you already heard. It shouldn't be the first time. They should affirm what you already know. They shouldn't surprise you. I'm not surprised when people say yes. That's my expectation when I created it. <laughs> so when I present it, I'm not scared, I'm not nervous or uncomfortable. I'm confident in the fact that it is my empathy for a person. It is my skill that, it is my empathy that I cared enough for their problem. It is my skill that I created the problem. And then it becomes my confidence that I marketed it. Back it up! <laughs> It is my empathy. I cared so much that I paid money or I took time to create something. It is my skill. I was good enough to do it. It is my confidence. I will market it to people who need it. That's what I need you to do. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. This has been another wonderful episode. Family.